It is time. Welcome to episode number four of the Ginger Beardman cast. Today we'll be focusing on possibly one of the greatest superheroes the world has ever seen, and I am talking about the Man of Steel, Superman. Before we talk about him, I want to talk about uh, some promotion for us. If you want to check us out on Twitter, it is at Ginger Beardman Cast. You can also download all previous episodes of our podcast, including Let's Talk Beards Part 1 and Part 2, and also Something Really Weird, which was from our episode from two weeks ago. You can download them on Apple iTunes, also on SoundCloud. And also check us out on Instagram at the Ginger Beardman Cast. Now, guys, this is a huge topic to talk about. Let's kick it off with exactly who we're talking about. It is the Man of Steel. For those of you who don't know who this hero is, he's probably one of the most popular heroes in the entire comic book universe. Uh, in terms of uh, where this character first started, he actually made his debut in a comic strip back in June of 1938 for the Detective Comics, also known as DC Comics. He was actually debuted in a comic known as Action Comics, which was one of the very first DC comics that existed back in the early 1930s going into the 1940s. He was actually created by two people, one being Joe Shuster and also Jerry Siegel. I said, so these were two guys that you know were mates growing up, come up with this idea for a comic book character. Um, a lot of people actually look at the inspiration, looking at people like Captain Marvel, also known as Shazam. Him and Superman are very, very similar in terms of the way they look. But this, again, is a separate character. Um, Superman has appeared in many different things, from newspaper strips to an old radio serial program, television programs, TV shows, movies. And the biggest thing he's been, the biggest influence on most recently has been in his recent films. So Superman 1 coming out in the late 1970s, and also Batman vs. Superman coming out in the most recent time. So let's talk about, for me, some of the best comic book storylines that I remember of The Man of Steel. Um, you know, I've always, probably when I first got into the comics, one of the first characters I noticed was Superman. One of the biggest comic books that I got in uh, to a little bit around the character was The Death of Superman, the time where we first had the debut of Doomsday. Um, this was a comic that ran across four different streams of comic books from Action Comics, The Adventures of Superman, Superman the Man of Steel, and also the single issue Superman comic. Now this is back when there was no such thing as digital comics, all your comics had to be hand, uh, hand bought and actually just paper written, so I would actually go down to my local newsagents and spend tons and tons of money in trying to get copies of this storyline. This was back before you had any internet, so you couldn't check out what the cover art would be, possible spoilers, you actually had to read it issue by issue, but that's probably one of my most fantastic uh, Superman storylines. I'll talk a little bit later on the podcast exactly how or why the episode was the best in terms of some of the things that occurred in that comic. But just to start off, for those of you who are unfamiliar who Superman is, he is that big guy with the blue suit, the red jocks on the outside, and the big S on the chest. The abilities that Superman has is super strength, speed, durability. He also has flight, the heat vision, freezing breath, and also one thing he debuted in the movies, the uh, number two to be exact, was throwing the styrofoam S. I'll just let that sink in for a second. He did, he did actually throw a styrofoam mess, and I think Family Guy took a bit of a dig of that um, in one of the recent episodes he did a couple of years ago. Um, but again, the styrofoam S I don't think it's ever ever featured in the comics. And if it has, uh, if you could post it up on my Twitter, I would definitely like a chance to actually see when that actually very first took place. So when uh, the the two writers actually, the artist and the writer designed the character of Superman, one of the first things that come up was how he would actually look. 
And some of the influences from a lot of research I was doing was there was actually two actors by the name of Douglas Firebanks and also Lloyd Hood. Now, what I heard is that they took inspiration from the boat, the, by the way both those guys looked in terms of making Clark Kent, the alter ego of Superman, and then the actual look of Superman itself. Also around this time, you had comics such as the Mark Zorro and also Robin Hood taking place and also Popeye. So they took inspirations from lots of different characters. And then you also had the actual movie called Metropolis that came out in 1927, also based on an old book series. And that was a big inspiration for the modern day Metropolis that we know in actually the Superman comics. So for those of you who actually haven't seen Superman's comics before, as I said, there has been tons of different ones. Probably the most popular one that's still around today is Action Comics. Action Comics 1 is where Superman made his official debut. He's also in a single title called Superman. It was also known as The Adventures of Superman. He's also a, a League member of the Justice League, one of the original members dating back from the Justice League first started. And I think that was back in the late 70s, 80s. Oh, no, actually, it might have been the 60s as well when that actually started. But he's featured in many different issues. There's also Superman the Man of Steel, Superman the Man of Tomorrow, the current Batman Superman series as a part of the New 52. You had Superman Confidential, uh, which was which took place, I think, from 2006 to about 2008-9. You also had the Smallville comic based on the Smallville series. You had Superman Unchained, which was a fantastic series. It only went for 12 issues, but it was a fantastic uh, comic. If you guys haven't checked it out, check out Superman Unchained. We had The Adventures of Superman, again, Batman slash Superman, which is, again, based on the New 52, not based on the original storyline. You've also got Superman and Wonder Woman, which is a part of also the New 52 that stopped a couple of years ago. And then you've got Superman, Lois and Clark, which was a part of the Convergence event. Uh, that series is over now, uh, since that Superman has now made his debut in the mainstream universe. And then with that said, he's also had crossovers with Superboy, Supergirl, uh, also the Justice League, Justice League Classified, Justice League Unlimited, World's Finest Comics, and also the well, popular Adventure Comics, which is another fantastic comic. I used to read uh, in the early 80s, which is another really good read, along with The Legends of Superhero. So, that's a little bit of history about some of the comics that he's actually featured in. Let's actually talk a little bit about some of the movies. So, for those of you who haven't seen the Superman films that have actually come out in the past, the very first Superman film came out in the 1970s, and this featured one of my favourite actors at the time, the actor by the name of Christopher Reeve. He was actually um, in the original Superman movie, Superman 2, Superman 3, and Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, which was the last one that Christopher Reeve had a chance to actually be involved in with his tragic accident only happening a couple of years later. So to talk about really the first film, that actually wasn't the first film of actually the modern era. The actual very first Superman movie to actually ever come out took place in 1948. That was simply entitled Superman. Now this again was the old-fashioned black and white serials that took place. Now, this was actually a 15-part black-and-white Columbia film series. This is, again, based on the Superman character, as I said, taking place in 1948. And what I want to do is just quickly read you out the plot for this original movie. Superman is sent to Earth by his parents just as the planet Krypton blows up and is later raised as Clark Kent by a farm couple, which is exactly like what the origin story is. They discover that he has great powers, so they send him off to use his powers to help those in need. After his forest, oh, foster parents die, the Man of Steel heads to Metropolis under the, under the disguise of Clark Kent and joins the staff of the Daily Planet in order to be close to the news. Soon after, he is sent out to the scope on a new rock that a man has found and he calls it Kryptonite, and Clark, Clark passes out. Then and there, Superman discovers that his weakness is indeed Kryptonite. However, whenever emergencies happen, he responds in true identity as Superman, 
This first story revolves around the nefarious plot of a character who calls herself the Spider Lady. So that was actually a character I don't think I've ever seen in the actual comic books, but again, looking at some of the art, it does look very much like the, uh, the Lone Ranger and Toto back in the 1940s when they were doing those films. The next film to come out in the series took place uh, three years later, which was Superman and the Mole Men. As I said, this took place in 1951. The plot of this one's quite different, really. It really does focus more on Lois Lane as making her debut as well. Um, also, George Reeves was the actual actor who played uh, Clark Kent and Superman in the series. And you can actually get a lot of this stuff. Um, I've heard you can get it online. I don't know if you can download it digitally, but I know you can get some of these old movies. They would have come out on VHS that you could get as well. Now, the next one that took place was Superman, the movie, in 1978. So this was how many years after that? That's about 27 years after the actual... Uh, yeah, 27 years after the Mole Man one, you had Superman the movie featuring Christopher Reeve. And this is a movie I grew up watching as a kid and had watched multiple, multiple times. Also known as, it was also known as Superman and then also known as Superman the movie. Now, the plot of this one, again, focuses really on the three characters that I've grown to love as a kid. Talking about General Zod, Ursula and Zon. And it's about them in the Phantom Zone as a, how they were pushed off. Really focuses on the debut of Lex Luthor and how he tries to undermine Superman to take over the world. And one thing that happens in this movie that I that completely blew my mind was the fact that he was able to go back in time and reverse the rotation of the world to go and save Lois Lane, which was completely crazy. Um, I never actually thought he could do that in terms of manipulating uh, the Earth to go back in time for that. In doing that, he does save the day, uh, takes Otis, which is the sidekick of Lex Luthor, and they're imprisoned. Um, great movie, though. In I think going into the next one, which is another movie I've probably watched more than the first one uh, was Superman 2. I had a chance to watch both Superman 2 and Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. And for those of you who haven't seen the Richard Donner cut, go out and get it, guys. You can most likely get it on Blu-ray or digital. It's a fantastic uh, movie. Uh, for those of you who don't know much about that story between Richard Donner, who was the original director of the movie, was put off the project with almost, I think, 90% of the movie nearly done. Um, he wasn't a part of the final release with many of the original scenes being cut. He then kept his scenes and actually re-released them. I think it was back in the 2000s, uh, back in 2006 to be exact. It was then re-released with a lot of new content, mainly featuring when you had Marlon Brando playing as Jor-El and some other great scenes between Lex Luthor, Zod, Clark Kent and also Lois Lane. Now this one focused more on the three main villains that you didn't really see much in the first film, that being General Zod, Ursula and Zon. It's about them returning to Earth or coming to Earth and actually taking on Superman. So here you have three people equally powered as Superman taking him on. It's a fantastic movie for you think of the time in terms of the way they would have done their technology. You know, we have CGI and different enhancements. Now this is back in 1977. Was it 1977 or 1977? 1980. But it was, again, still very fantastic for the way they did a lot of their digital technology. Uh, the space scenes were some of my favourite scenes in terms of how they land and kick off the astronauts on the moon. Uh, I like the street scene where they fight down in the city on the ground. I think there's a bus that's thrown at one point, And also I think Superman throws someone into a huge Coca-Cola sign. I think it was Coca-Cola, but I always remember that as a kid when he gets thrown into that big sign. Again, this features the, the villains teaming up with Luther, who's manipulating them on Earth. Uh, the main reason why they're there is just to kill uh, Kal-El, uh, which is uh, Superman, uh, as in a disrespect that they felt from the father of Superman, putting them in the Phantom Zone prison. He's able to, in this movie too, uh, actually depower himself. There was talks that he wanted to become human, uh, so he ends up depowering himself in the Fortress of Solitude, which led to then the three villains taking over Earth, but since Superman's depowered, he isn't able to fight them. 
and then is able to counter that, beat the three main villains towards the end, with the Styrofoam S being thrown as well, winning, the there, winning that there, and then you lead up into our next film, which was entitled Superman 3. Now, this is the one that I watched, I think I've only watched it once, and I think once is enough. Uh, this is the one that had uh, comedian Richard Pryor, that was almost the main actor in this movie, and to me, it actually looked like a Richard Pryor movie with Superman on the side. It was one of the ones that I think is probably the worst one in terms of the series. A lot of people say fourth is the worst, but I would probably say that this is the worst one. Uh, this took place three years after number two, and in 1983. It, uh, I don't even want to explain the plot because it's stupid to understand, but one cool thing, it does feature a Superman versus Superman in terms of a bad Superman taking on Clark Kent in a really cool scene in the garage, or the, is it the garage? In the parking area, I think it was, like a big uh, dumpster thing. Um, and it's just the, yeah, it's a shit movie. If you don't like, if you don't know it, save time and don't actually watch. It's a shit one. I don't even want to talk about. It. I want to go to the next one, which was probably probably my favourite one, which I actually watched yesterday, which is Superman for the Quest for Peace. This took place in 1987. This is the one that was also heavily criticised. Uh, this one, Lex Luthor is back because he wasn't featured in number three. And he ends up actually creating a superhero, uh, a solar superpowered version of Superman, known by the name of Nuclear Man. Now, this was a really good movie. I, I did like the idea of Superman having a rival person that isn't three people like the second movie, just to have a one-on-one -on -one person. Uh, the actor who actually went on to play Nuclear Man was a, by the a guy by the name of Mark Pillow. Um, Gene Hackman, as I said, was back. Uh, you also had Perry White. And also uh, Lois Lane was also back. So she, again, she was more of a supporting character in this one. There's a couple of really awesome scenes when uh, Nuclear Man and Superman are fighting where actually first time he ever causes pain to Superman, causing him to bleed. Uh, there's some really good uh, fights actually on the moon towards the end. But it's a really cool movie. He ends up beating him towards the end. I think he throws him into a nuclear powering plant, blowing him up. Uh, with that being said, he saves the day. After this one, this is where we took a huge gap. So, yeah, what I had this movie taking place, the comic books, as we said, were still going on. A lot of these comic books weren't even related to the movie whatsoever, as they were just separate films. But what they wanted to try and do is reimagine the series going back, and this was back in 2006, so nearly 20 or 21 years after the release of Superman 4, we had Superman Returns that took place in 2006, featuring Brandon Roth, who you can now check out as the Atom in the Legends of Tomorrow series. This one was also universally panned as well. The story of this one being that Superman has left Earth. Um, in that time that he has left, uh, the world's continued to, to grow as it has, and Superman now decides to rock up after being away. In that five-year absence that he has been away, Lois Lane has moved on with their life, meeting somebody else, um, also becoming pregnant with another or with a child, and also Lex Luthor is definitely still scheming to try and take over the world. So it is kind of connected to 1, 2, 3, and 4, but definitely I thought it would be a, st a start of a new trilogy, and I think the way that it was universally panned for being, not only the acting was terrible, the, the effects were pretty bad, I thought it was alright, I thought the story was a bit weird, especially with the kid becoming powerful at the end. Um, as I said, Brendan Roth was Superman, you had Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane, and one was weird, you had also James Marsman as the partner of Lois Lane, who recently was just playing Cyclops in the X-Men series, so it just looked weird that DC would have thought to get that, that actor to play someone in a Superman movie, when he was already known for doing something for Marvel, uh, being Cyclops in the X-Men series. Wasn't really the best, there was talks of a sequel to this movie, uh, taking place actually not long after the release of that one, 
but again, due to all the negative flack that the movie got, uh, that was taken right off the table, and there was a big gap there between what would be known as Superman Returns and then the Man of Steel movie coming out in 2013, so seven years gap of no films. In between that, you did have the Richard Donner cut of the second film, which was released in 2006, and then we had in 2013 the Man of Steel movie, and this is a really good movie. I actually enjoyed the new take on this. Again, not even connecting itself to 1, 2, 3, 4, or the uh, the newest Superman Returns movie as a separate series altogether. And really the, the, the launch of DC Cinematic Universe, a challenging Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was also, again, focusing on... They weren't trying to recreate everything about the character. Yes, you know the origin story. They didn't want to go too much into it, I think, focusing on the family. It did have some of it in the film, but you really don't need to know. Everyone should know, I think, who this character is. I definitely saw it as a reboot of the first five movies in this series. Um, the last one being the 2006 Superman Returns. Really good movie. Again, focusing on um, Superman as he becomes the character that everyone loves to know. Again, Lois Lane is played by Amy Adams in the movie and General Zod coming down to Earth. I do like the take that Martin um, Shannon played for General Zod. A really cool figure. I did like Russell Crowe uh, playing Superman's dad, which was pretty cool. Um, as in his real dad, General Zod. Oh, not General Zod. I'm talking about Jor-El on Krypton. Uh, really good movie. It does feature some pretty graphic scenes in some of the fight scenes. And what blew my mind when I watched this was it almost sounds like the total disregard that Superman had for the cities that he's fighting in, as in, like, you know, just full-on chucking Zod through buildings, through walls, underground, how much life was lost. And then they explored that in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which took place only a couple of years after Man of Steel, which was in 2016, this coming out last year. And this movie was actually... Look, some people thought it was shit. I really liked the movie. There were some parts I re wish they pulled out... Uh, to put into maybe the Justice League movie, and it didn't make sense to actually have as a, as a part of this movie itself. But again, it was a really good movie focusing on the Batman character played by Ben Affleck making his actual debut in the DC Cinematic Universe. Again, uh, for those of you who do like Batman, he was actually focusing really on the Christian, Christopher Nolan series that took place. Uh, you had Batman, you had The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, and the, the last one. So... It was weird that this Batman here has nothing to do with the that character and was a standalone character that they wanted to actually create. Um, ben Affleck played it really good. It was a pretty. It's based on also the Dark Knight uh, comic books or Dark Knight Returns that you can check out. It was an old trade back comic back in the late '90s, early 2000s, and then a sequel that happened, and then also a third series that took place only a couple of years ago. I'm exploring the idea of Superman facing off against Batman. Uh, this one also had the debut of Wonder Woman. Again, explored the relationship between Clark Kent and Lois Lane in terms of Lois really going outside her reporting and going into some pretty tight situations where her life is definitely on the line. It really uh, talks about the human side of this film, looking at the destruction that both Zod and Superman caused in the Superman Man of Steel movie, exploring that in more detail, almost to the point that uh, the villain is most likely Superman being not from this country or not from this earth and Superman as a, uh, Batman as a saviour trying to say you're living in this alien where we have humans down here that could do so much. It also explores the idea of the meta-human community with Aquaman, The Flash, and also Wonder Woman uh, setting up the actual upcoming Justice League movie, which is coming out in 2007. Uh, 2017. I'll, I will spoil the ending of Batman v Superman. If you don't want to listen to it, tune out right about now.
The death of Superman at the end of that movie was completely stupid. Um, I thought that if he were to die at the end, they definitely should have not had the rubble on the grave actually shake on his coffin. They should definitely should have teased that to take place in the Justice League. It really made the whole build-up of that Batman v Superman fight mean nothing, just to have Doomsday rock up at the end and be the one that does the kill shot. Uh... You didn't need Doomsday. Uh, Wonder Woman, yeah, you kind of... You, they, I wish they held that back a little bit more. Luther should have made the main villain. They definitely kept it under wraps that you would have... Uh, there was a rumour about Doomsday, but not the role that he would play. But, you know, I left that movie going, eh, nah. They, they didn't need to go that far. But this Justice League movie looks pretty cool. Um, you got Batman... Flash, Cyborg, and also Wonder Woman teaming up to take on Steppenwolf, who's a villain that works with Darkseid, and also the possible return of Superman for all this movie. But that, again, is the fantastic series of all the Superman movies that have happened all over the years. So, as I said, from 1948 all the way to 2017. So, guys, Superman, again, is a character that you'll always... I think he will always be here. They will always do the films. The comic books are not going anywhere. I think everyone's now going onto digital comic books, downloading them on their iPads, their iPhones, their Androids, their tablets, their PCs, their computers. And if people buy the comics, they're definitely going to keep writing them for years and years to come. As I said, my favourite comic book of my career, uh, or of my, my life, really, was looking at the Death of Superman comic. Um, I remember being a little kid getting into that series and seeing the fact that you had this monster like Doomsday that had no emotion, had no care, and just absolutely destroyed all of Metropolis just to get to that fight for Superman. He ended up killing him, which was, the I think it actually got news radio coverage, it got um, TV, radio, uh, TV news coverage talking about the character being killed. Uh, and the idea, like I watched a couple of docos around why they ended up doing it, and they thought, well, they didn't have any other villain that could beat him. You had guys like Lex Luthor, Brainiac, um, and Superman was always winning. So the idea being to kill the character would then leave an opportunity for someone else to rise. With that being said, you had the Eradicator, you had Steel, and you had Superboy come out as the three new, almost Supermen on the block, and also Cyborg Superman, come up as characters that actually fought, um, or actually their own individual series, leading up into the return of Superman, when he came back with a black costume, taking on Mongol. He also had long hair when he returned. And that's the Superman I remember when the Justice League, or the GLA comic, first started was the idea of Superman having long hair at the time. I definitely actually really liked that look. You know what, DC, if you're listening, bring that long hair Superman back, because I reckon that rocked. It was really, really cool. But that comic really exploring the fact of what would the world be like if we didn't have Superman. And I think it was a chance to introduce, you know, this, the character of Steel, John Henry Irons. You also had Superboy, Connell Connor. The Eradicator would also go on to be a main villain but over multiple comics, exploring into the Green Lantern series as well. But that, again, is one of my fantastic characters, all storylines. You then had the big relaunch, the Marvel New 52 and the Rebirth. The, I actually am really liking the Rebirth series. This is, again, taking the Superman from the Superman and Lois comic book series from the New 52 and merging him into the mainstream universe. If you haven't checked out Convergence, guys, go and check out DC's Convergence event that took place a number of years ago. Fantastic comic uh, focusing on the multiverse. I've always been a fan of the New 52, the Countdown series, and also the Crisis series. So go out and check Convergence to really understand who this new Superman is. But also I even check out you know the New 52 when they did have the, the Superman that was, he's dead now, but the character was pretty cool. It was a retelling of, almost a modern day retelling of the character. So check it out as well. So guys, this is just a bit of a snapshot on all the stuff I like about Superman from the comic book series 
to the movies. He was also featured in multiple games, the Justice League games. We've also had the Mortal Kombat versus Justice League. We've also got the Injustice series that I probably will put up as a as a uh, poll topic to come up soon. So thank you guys for all your votes for this topic on uh, for Superman on our Twitter page. We'll be dropping the new Twitter poll. Will come out tomorrow. For those of you who want to choose, we have four options this week, guys. You choose the topic. I do the show, and everyone has a good time. So this has been episode number four on the Ginger Beard Man cast. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and also download previous episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. So guys, enjoy life. I was going to say enjoy fights, but you know I'm just going to end it with enjoy life, and let's finish it with a Superman theme. <laughs>